The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello, and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm joined today by my colleague, Steve Panette, a licensed clinical social work associate. That is a mouthful. It sure is. <laughs> so tell me a little bit, Steve, how you got into the field of social work. Way back when, once upon a time, I was young and I thought that life was going to go a certain way, and then it didn't. And then I got sidetracked and I ended up having a whole bunch of children and life and all kinds of things, but then I thought, well, my kids are mostly grown, so maybe I can get back to all those high school dreams and things of taking care of other people. Now, when I was in high school, I wanted to be in a, an emergency room doctor hmm. because I liked organized chaos. I liked stress. I, I work well under pressure. You may not believe that from our earlier conversation, <laughs> but I tend to work well under pressure. So that was an environment that I was looking for. And then I had a whole bunch of kids, which is the same thing, but different. Uh, yeah, a, a little chaotic. Of, Multiple children could be chaotic. Yes, <laughs> and do that forever. And then finally, I met the woman of my dreams, as the story goes, and she provided an opportunity for me to get back to school. So looking at going back to school, I thought, well, I've been involved in sports throughout my new adult life, the adventure that it was. And so I've been involved with sports and kids and things and thought I'd go back to school to become a sports psychologist. Doctors still fit me. You know, I like titles and trophies and winning. <laughs> so doctor... Pinette would have been fantastic. So I looked into it. I went back to school and started my bachelor's in psychology. Mm. And while I was going to school for my bachelor's in psychology, I was trying to figure out how I was going to get a PhD. Do I need to get a master's and then go to PhD, get you know, a doctorate? And here I am, yep. associate clinical social worker. And I know in our practice, you work with individuals and families. You treat children and adolescents, mm-hmm. some adults. So you really see a wide range of people. And today we are talking about care for sick children during the holidays. Yes. And I know this topic is near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. I know that your wife, she works something in ultrasound, pediatric, what does she do again? Pediatric sonography. She works with moms who are expecting yeah. and she takes uh, ultrasounds of their babies to check and see if they have any type of cardiovascular disease or heart anomalies, things that could be yeah. investigated before and after that child is born. Right. So she probably has a lot of stories about the caretakers or the parents of the soon-to-be born individuals with maybe some heart disease and some other defects, I'm assuming. Yes, and so we always bring home some of our work sometimes, and so she brings home both the success stories and the hard ones. Right. And so through some of those conversations, I've asked her, how are the moms doing it? So we're talking to the moms about how the babies are doing or what they're preparing for and things like that. And so it just occurred to me through my work and working with children and families to ask, how are the moms doing? And that was something that she hadn't really considered. So now she started to ask the moms when they come in and she's noticed a a sense of relief automatically when she's talking to the moms about what's going on with you? How are you doing? And they say, oh my God, it's like no one ever asks me how I'm doing. That question never gets asked to the mom. They always want to know how how the baby is doing. When's the next surgery? How are they recovering from surgery? What's new? When's the next appointment? Where are we going today? How are they doing with all this stuff? And so when you ask the moms who are the ones who are dealing with the stress and anxiety of this isn't how I thought mom was parenting that was going to go. 
and no one's even paying attention. My wife is now paying attention to moms. And so yeah. I guess I'm here to try to talk about them a little bit, too. I'm sure if you haven't, they will be coming. But I'm, I'm sure you have clients who are the parents or the guardians, the caretaker of the sick child. And so let's talk today a little bit about what we can say to those caretakers, how we can encourage them, what are some techniques, tips, strategies, etc., that we can share with the audience. You just mentioned something, and it makes me think probably a lot of caretakers might have this idea, life isn't going the way I anticipated, or this child's life is not going to be what I expected. What would you say to someone who might have that thought? I would say growing up, if we imagine our thoughts as a tree, hang in there with me on this one. We're thinking all of this stuff as we're growing. Life is going to go this way, and it's this trunk of thoughts. It's all these things. But then all of a sudden, something happens, and it branches off, kind of like mine did. When I was in high school, back to that original story, where I was going to go to college and become a doctor, and then it branched off into parenthood, and then eventually it came back, and then the other trunk that was still slowly growing maybe took off in that other direction. You have this idea of what parenthood might be if you even planned it out, but you had nine months or so while you were creating this human to think about, we're going to decorate the room this way. We're going to buy all these things. He or she is going to be named this, and how are we going to be as parents? But then this child comes out, or you even find out before the child is born in many cases that they have something that's different, that's going to require something you didn't consider mm-hmm. as a caretaking, something that you have to take care of or treat. There's different types of illnesses. Yeah. Mental illness, physical illness, and sometimes it's skin, sometimes it's all kinds of things, yeah. as you know. Adapting to those illnesses and things takes time. It's kind of a, a shock or a, maybe it's a shock or a, a blow to your self-esteem when you find out that my parenthood and my child are not going to be the way I imagined they would. So now I think I have to make all these changes. And it's almost like it feels and seems like it's going to be harder. But if you have children, you already know that you were never prepared in the first place, no matter what you did, right. how organized you were, no matter what classes you took. That person was still unique to your environment. That child was brand new. And and still, I have six of my own, and each one of them is completely different than the one before. And so there's no way you can give them all the same things or treat them differently, and it's not going to matter. Every person, every parent is going to have a different child. With illness, without illness, with some illnesses or others, it's all different for everyone. Yeah. So we're talking about taking care of sick children during the holidays. Mm -hmm. So when we think about that topic, what are some things that come to your mind? What are some ideas or uh, instances that might be difficult or present difficulty for these caretakers? This time of year is stressful for everyone, whether you have children or not, preparing for all of the expectations we have our own and other people's about how we're supposed to be during the holidays. Mm. And schools, if you have children, schools are going to have certain things going on and family are always having different things going on. And of course, this year is unique with this COVID illness that is affecting everyone. But there's so many other illnesses that have been around for so long. Some people have been dealing with illnesses for years, 10, 20, 30 years, depending on what your child may have. So this is not something new. It just seems to be overshadowing their experience. So I think for most parents who are dealing with any type of illness, if this is your first experience with some type of illness, any kind, if it's a mental illness or physical illness, this is your first year. Obviously, worrying about COVID and things is unique. But the holidays were going to be stressful. They always have been. Right. This adds a new layer to it. But I think communicating with your family about what you plan to do is going to help. So spend some time with maybe with yourself or whoever is helping you provide care for this child 
and figure out what the plan is going to be. This Christmas may be different than any other, but you may create new memories, new traditions that other people will want to become part of. You might start something brand new in your whole family just around this person or this event or this idea. Other things that come up during the holidays too is like shopping. Who's going to take care of my sick child while I'm out shopping? Right. Like anything else, you got to bring people in. I, I think it's important to bring other people in. It sounds like support is so important for the caretakers of sick children. What about when the people can't find support? I have clients who they might be all alone in this state. You know, they don't have family. Maybe they have friends in the neighborhood and whatnot, but especially during the holidays, they have their own things going on. How can we support parents caring for sick children when they don't have any other respite? That's a great question. I think support comes in many different ways. It depends on how we look at it. So even if you're not a religious person, there are spiritual outlets that are willing to support people. And it doesn't mean that you have to join the church, but they may have events going on. Mm. Hospitals have support groups for parents or children who are going through whatever it is that your child or you are going through and dealing with. And there are different types of groups and communities, you know, meet up Dot com is a, a resource that if you were to look it up and if they don't have a group of people who are already meeting weekly or monthly, you might be able to start one up to s- support other people. Right. So there are other ways. And if you don't know of a group or, or anything like that, you can reach out to an agency like ours yeah. to provide some direction or counsel. Right. To get that ball started for you. You had mentioned something before we started, maybe even postponing the holidays if you can. What did you mean about that? Yeah. So the calendar says that Thanksgiving is on the last or the third Thursday of November and Christmas is on the 25th. But that doesn't mean that you have to celebrate them on that day. How many times have we celebrated a birthday before or after the actual day just to bring family and friends into the celebration? So I think it's important to remember that Christmas Day can still be a special day. It doesn't have to be the actual day that we celebrate it on. For example, if your child has to go in for a procedure, Mm -hmm. you may have to do the celebration early. Or maybe you know that people out of town can't get here because of some travel things or something that's going on with them do it in January. Yeah. Whatever you need to do for you and your family is most acceptable. Right. I'm sure that being the parent of a sick child, especially during the holidays, requires flexibility and being flexible in what you're saying, your timeline, your celebrations, when and how you do these things. Mm-hmm. So that's a helpful tip, actually. Good. I, I think it's also <laughs> it's also important to remember to be flexible with your own self-judgments. Mm. I'm trying to live up to my expectations and help everyone else have a wonderful time. But they don't necessarily know what my image of a successful Christmas celebration is going to be like or whatever holiday celebration is going to be like. I haven't spelled it all out. Maybe this holiday isn't the same as last year, but what year has been the same as it was in previous years? There's new people. There's new traditions and things. So Yeah, being flexible with our mindset probably Mm -hmm. is super helpful. You know, one of the topics that comes up in lots of therapy sessions, a theme that comes up often is the theme of self-care. What would you say to parents that are caring for a sick child and during the holidays? What kind of encouragement could you share about self-care? First, the term self-care seems to be, I don't want to use the word trigger word at this point, but I think that we use it so much. And maybe it's just in our profession, but I hear it everywhere. And almost It's anybody. become cliche, right? Yeah, yeah, it almost feels that way, but it's true. And what does it mean? It means 
taking care of myself. So I think the first step in self-care when taking care of a child is to recognize the term means me, taking care of me, the caretaker. If you've ever been on an airplane, you know they say if the oxygen mask falls from the ceiling, put yours on first and then the person next to you. You can't take care of anyone to your best of your ability if you're not at your best. So you have to find ways to take care of you. Mm. There's lots of things that we suggest for people to do for self-care. Another thing that I would say too is to learn about your feelings as far as self-care goes. What am I going to take care of? Am I going to take care of my sadness that it's not going to be the same? Am I anxious? Do I even know what those terms and words mean? I need to understand. I think it's important to understand what I'm feeling so I know what I'm taking care of so that I can recognize the sign that it's working. When I'm feeling relief of whatever it is, I want to do that again. So if it's taking a walk in the woods and I come back and I feel more energetic or less sad or whatever the feeling is, I know that walking in the woods was helpful. I should find more time as best I can to do that. Maybe Mm -hmm. I take the sick person with me. It worked for me. Maybe it'll help them feel better. You know, I think about self-care a lot, especially as a mom. It's in all the magazines. It's on social media, you know, and and self-care is so much more than, especially for women, so much more than chocolate and bubble baths. And like you just mentioned, taking a walk. There are things that people may not even realize are self-care and they do them on a regular basis. Taking a walk was one. I have clients who talk about cleaning their house. Mm -hmm. So for them, that actually is self-care because it declutters, it de-stresses them. Organizing can be a way of self-care and they don't even realize that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But then we say, we'll do more of that. And now they feel a little bit better because maybe their house looks and feels more organized. So that actually is self-care. And my wife does that. She'll be vacuuming. You just vacuumed this morning. Well, She needed it. It was a rough day. She'll come home from work and vacuum again. It helps. Whatever it is that organizing, as you said, or cleaning things up, putting things away, whatever. It's kind of a physical release with a mindfulness component to it that you're doing it intentionally with the idea of feeling better. So again, that's mm-hmm. self-care me first, taking care of me. Yeah, I don't think it's a selfish no. motivation. It's entirely to build my energy back up so that I can get back to the level of care that I need to be able to provide. So if I'm distracted and doing other things, I, I'm not going to be at my best for the people that I need to take care of. One of my favorite sayings about self-care is you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And so how are we refilling our cup, like the oxygen mask scenario? We have to put ours on first. We have to fill our cup first so that we can pour into other people, specifically specifically caring for children who might be sick and need extra care. So self-care is huge, especially during a holiday season when everybody needs and wants something from us. And of course, caring for the sick child. Do you have any other resources or any other words of wisdom for parents caring for sick children during the holidays? I do. One thing my wife always reminds me when we're going through this type of stuff with our son is that it's just a season. And in this case, being around the holidays, it's just part of a season Mm -hmm. that we only have to go through the hustle and bustle. I don't even know why I use that term, but the, the, (laughs) the routine of the holiday shopping, the planning, all of the things that seem to cause as much or not more stress than joy in the end. But it's only for a few weeks, maybe even just a few days, depending on how long it takes you to get through it all. Out of the year, you're going to go back to the normal everyday stress that it's so short, but we focus on it so much it kind of takes us down that starting back in September, we started to think about, oh, the holidays are coming. Halloween's going to be here. 
and then whatever else you celebrate after October and Thanksgiving, maybe Christmas and, and all the December holidays and things are coming. And it's just like a, it seems like a quarter of the year. Right. But it may be like a dozen days out of the whole year. Right. And so being mindful that it's just like you said, a dozen days of the year, recognizing that it's not kind of an all or nothing scenario here. Any final words for our audience? For those who are taking care of other people who are not well, who are have any type of illness at all, celebrate your small victories, whatever it is. If you got dressed today and you didn't feel like it, great job. Congratulations. If you took a walk and did some self-care, if you even thought about self-care, you thought about you, again, congratulations and great job. Keep it up and keep moving in that direction. If you have family or friends who are taking care of sick children in any way, ask them how they are doing. Ask them how their other children are doing. Are sick sisters and brothers, are are the siblings of sick children, holding back on their own feelings and emotions through my own experience and working with, usually with teens who are coming in to talk about their own stress and anxiety because they have a sick loved one, a brother who has an illness or a sister. They're keeping their thoughts and feelings to themselves and they're not really opening up to the rest of the family. They come and talk to me for an hour or two, and all of a sudden they realize that they've been holding all of this stuff in because they think their parents don't have room to talk to them. Don't take your parents' responsibilities away from them. Ask them first. Ask your friends and family how they are doing if they're taking care of someone. Just recognizing them can take a huge weight off their shoulders just to know that they're not invisible. Well, and I think overall it sounds like caring for sick children involves caring for ourselves. Absolutely. And so it's a combination of caring for your loved one who is unwell and taking care of yourself at the same time. And I think a lot of parents get lost in that. They forget to take care of themselves. And it's hard. I can only imagine. I do not have a child with chronic illness, but I can only imagine how difficult it must be to kind of balance taking care of yourself. But you can't lose sight of that because like we talked about, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. So, well, thanks so much for joining us, Steve, on the podcast to talk about caring for a sick one during the holidays. I appreciate your words of wisdom on this topic. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.